On September 15th, the Digital Sky Podcast presents Rideshare the Series. I'm just going to steal your car and see where the road takes me. You're not taking my car. An enigmatic con man. Who the hell are you? Who could be behind the wheel of your next trip? You can call me Keith. A dangerous stranger. You look kind of different from the guy in the picture. Capable of anything. He deserves to be castrated, not murdered. We should castrate him first. Emmy winner Eric Martzoff and Britt Barron, star of the Netflix series Glow, lead an all-star cast. Get out! Subscribe now to Digital Sky for the premiere of Rideshare the Series on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. In a deep cavern, well below the surface of the planet, a bounty hunter has found her mark. Nestled cozily in a wall of rock, yet another Metroid keeps living. Samus Aran takes in the sight of the alien creature and readies her arm cannon to rid the universe of another one. It is then that a hand reaches through the rock and grabs her arm. I can't let you kill this innocent alien, a voice booms out. As Samus pulls back, she sees the Avenger vision before her. Using her grapple beam to open a distance between them, she recognizes her opponent as robotic after a quick scan and prepares to remove yet another obstacle from her path. It's the Ghost of Stone versus the Protector of the Galaxy. It's the Android Avenger versus the Chozo Champion. It's Vision versus Samus Aran today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, today's battle is very intriguing. You have Vision from Marvel Comics currently enjoying a huge surge in popularity due to the WandaVision show, which is fantastic. Check it out on Disney+. And then you have Samus, an iconic video game character from Metroid, so of course, you no, I did the patented who would win Google test oh. just to see how many, right, right, surprise, surprise, just to see how many people are talking about it. And guess what? No one. No one's actually discussed this matchup before. Yet again, who would win is first. So, Ray, give us your thoughts on today's matchup. I'm very, very excited about today's matchup. You know, Vision is a character we've been wanting to use for a while. And we kept saying, well, when WandaVision comes out, that's going to be an appropriate time to use Vision because he's going to be in the zeitgeist of modern thought. And let's face it, we could have waited till WandaVision ended, but James, we both know you're going to be using the comic book version of Vision anyway, so who who's fronting at this point? So then it came time to choose the right opponent for Vision, and that opponent obviously had to be from the world of video games. We, we threw it out to the people. The people said, we want a Nintendo character. Uh, they, you know, they picked Mega Man uh, and a bunch of others that wouldn't have been very good. So one person came through with Samus Aran and it got the wheels turning. Hey, let's use the Metroid character that people have been asking for, quite frankly, for months and months and months to appear on the show. Let's make it happen for the people, James. We, you know, it's true. That did happen. And what's so weird is, you know, I announced this at the beginning of the year that I'd be jumping into video games or gaming. I'm taking baby steps. Oddly enough, is it Nintendo Smash Brothers where you get to play that character? That is correct. You know, okay, cool. So I've been playing a lot of Samus. And so far, she is killing Mario, Link, everyone. So at least I have some familiarity with the character. It's absolutely awesome. Speaking of awesome, by the way, I have an announcement to make. Oh, you ready boy. for this, right? 
Yes. So for those who know, I do a lot of work with Digital Sky, a great company that put out a motion comic called Rideshare late 2020. And our next project is ready to go. In fact, ready to drop this week. Check it out. It's called Superhero Diaries. It is as awesome as it sounds. It's a comedy and parody series where you get to take a quick and weird and deep look into your favorite superhero and find out what they're really going through, what they're thinking, and what they want to kind of share with all of us. Check it out. Go to YouTube. Look up Superhero Diaries, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and really kind of get into it. It is funny. It's awesome. We have insanely great actors who are coming out for this. A lot of improv talent as well. And also, to celebrate Superhero Diaries, we're doing a Nintendo Switch giveaway. What? Yes. All you got to do to enter is subscribe to the Superhero Diaries YouTube channel. And to uh, find out more information on it, check out the link or the bio of the link on our Twitter sites and Instagram. Just go to at Superhero Diaries. Check out the link in the bio you'll find out all that kind of good stuff enter to win a nintendo switch and enjoy the heck out of superhero diaries this sounds absolutely fantastic james look i am already subscribed to superhero diaries can i win the switch okay so there's a there's a yes and a no answer to this right i want it yes yes you can't win the switch Well, that's, possibly that's, no no actually ray all joking aside you are actually already entered into the contest wow um it that is I a random win. drawing <laughs> that's right it's a random drawing you could very well win although that will be very suspect and that's kind of crazy now i think about that out loud now ray who would be your superhero that you would like to see or like to have a uh, superhero diary for wow you really like to surprise me with the questions james uh, if i was to pick a superhero who i would want to read the diary of really only one name would come to mind that of course nfl super pro because i would like to know what the heck phil's been doing for the last almost 30 years well i'm sure it would be filled with tales of uh sacks because he's a linebacker oh no that's right he never played it down maybe he was like coaching uh, a, a team no that's not it either he didn't do much with football in the nfl yeah i'm not sure what he's up to the past 30 years what do you think he's been doing right well it just blows my mind that he got those superpowers that allowed him to you know regenerate injuries and what have you and he didn't just go back into the nfl i mean <laughs> he had all the connections in the world and now he wasn't really going to get injured phil you messed up you just messed up I would love to see the NFL Super Pro go back into the NFL Combine, you know, oh, run boy. the 40, do the, the you know, see how many times he could bench 225. I mean, I'm sure it's at least like 10. You know what I mean? Like oh, before he injures you. himself. He's a yeah, superhero you- and he beat Boba Fett and you need to get over it, James. I just don't think he can handle his worst enemy, a set of stairs. It, I mean, to be fair, stairs have defeated him on multiple occasions. That's true. Okay. That is genius. Now, speaking of genius. Ray Sikanis, it's time to introduce who may be the greatest judge we've ever had on the Who Would Win show. And by the way, we've had some absolutely amazing judges. I'll let you know at the end of the show. That's fair. Making their first appearance ever on the Who Would Win show. It's one of the world's most intelligent men. It's host of the Delvin Cox Experience and the PlayStation Experience podcast. You'll never guess who it is. It's the one and only Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome to Who Would Win. (laughs) I'm super excited to be here. This is awesome. As you can tell, I am very intelligent because I named my podcast after myself. <laughs> well, the, the podcast is genius. Both Ray and I have been on it. Thank you for having us on, by the way. And yes. Delvin, I don't know if you know this, but um, 
quite a few people have wanted you to come onto our show as a judge for a very, very long time. All joking aside, people are like, when is Delvin coming on? He should be on the show. So we're finally, we finally have the opportunity to have you on. And again, we can't thank you enough because you've been a huge supporter of the Who Would Win show for years. You know, you're a great guy. You're an amazing dad, an overall fantastic human being. I've been saying this for years. And on top of all that, you're a prolific podcaster. So for those who aren't familiar with your shows, what would you tell people about them? The two main shows, the Delvin Cox Experience is a show about diversity. Well, each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture to diversity. Why? Interview different guests each week to find what makes them tick. A lot of fun conversations. The podcast is kind of known for its patented five for five, five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. You know, it's, it's really cool. Super fun to check out. Then there's the PlayStation Experience that I'm a co-host of where we talk about all PlayStation news. And it's a light more fun take on video games and podcasting in terms of I'm there basically to be the foil. Like I'm not sitting there trying to have the fun about talking about teraflops and things like that. I want to talk about what's fun about video games when I'm on that podcast. So that's what I do. You can find a Delvin Cox experience and a PlayStation experience for that matter. Anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you think, wherever you think of a podcast being at, Delvin Cox Experience is there. Now, Delvin, I have a problem with your PlayStation, with you on the PlayStation show I just need to lay out there right now. You Uh-oh. say you're out there to act as the foil to celebrate the fun of video games. Don't you yes. understand? Video games are not to be made fun. They're there to upset people and make them angry and send terrible tweets at developers. That is very true. <laughs> That's what people t- tend to do all the time, which is not a good thing. Be nice to developers. <laughs> like, Please. And and testers too, right? Q and A people and or QA people, I should say. Okay, um, <laughs> no, no, QA people, you can throw them. No, be nice to your QA people. <laughs> That's right. They are also devs. How dare you? They're people yes. too, Ray. I've heard. Yeah. Okay. So, Delvin, we want to kind of turn the tables on you a little bit because you know you've had Ray and I on your show, so we'd like to kind of do a five for five with you. Um, awesome. Yeah, I know you're ready for this. I'm please, ready. Okay, please give us the top five reasons. Why you are the perfect who would win judge. Oh, this is easy. Reason number one, because I love judges. I am a lifelong fan of judges, whether it's Judge Judy, Judge Wapner, Judge Reinhall from Beverly Hills Cop. I love all the judges there is. So since I have a lifelong fandom of judges, much like Mills Lane, I'm ready to get it on (laughs) and bring the action. Reason number two, I have a listen to who would win since the beginning, since day one, I've seen the ups, the downs, the rights, the lefts. Ray is right. Ray is wrong. Ray is awesome. Ray is not. <laughs> I've been there from the ups and downs. Of, and I kind of know the ins and outs of everything with the, with the podcast and the show. And I love it to death. Reason number three. I'm kind of like a Care Bear cousin with this thing. In terms of I've had both of you guys on my podcast. I've also had on... Whew. Brent Pope. And I've also even had a, who else did I have? I had a, quite a few people on the podcast. Scott Zachary also. So it's kind of like extended family. So it's just like inviting your cousin into your living room and hang out for a while. What I'm on now, four? That's right. Point number four. I am an avid listener to the point where I know all the best battles. Whether it's Kinshiro versus Bugs Bunny, whether it's Hawkeye Versus Green Arrow, which was one of my favorites, by the way. It's just so many points of joy I've gotten from this podcast over the years. It's just, it's just the best. 
And point number five, and the most important reason, I slipped James $20. It's fair. That was, that, was, that was a nice $20 bill, by the way. Thank you for that. Yes. Well, I'm just glad I'm, he's trying to soften the disappointment of you losing before the battle even starts. Usually, James, you're <laughs> the one bribing the judge on your end of things. Ray, when'd you get here? So no, actually, I like your <laughs> I like your point number one the most in that you feel an affinity, if you will, with judges. And yes. now you get to possibly have Ray. I think you'd agree with this. You get to 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 be you know the ultimate judge of judges. You're like the royalty of judges, being a who would win judge. Finally, is that is that? Am I projecting here, or is that kind of what you're feeling? That is very accurate. I am now the judge Judy of who would win. Oh Interesting. Gosh. Interesting. Oh my god. I mean, are you, are you, do you feel you're worthy of that title? Let's see. Okay. All I right. I have the mug. We've got a crazy matchup. We have great opponents. We have great debates from both of us. That's what I'm anticipating. We have the greatest judge possibly of all time on who would win. This is probably the most excited I've ever been for a fight. Are you ready to get this battle started? No, but I'll make it work. Very cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, Delvin Cox. Ray Cicadas, James Gavsey. It's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the android whose best version was last year's, because we all know what they say about 2020 Vision. Vision. And representing Nintendo, the bounty hunter who can absolutely testify that the bird is the word, Samus Aran. Genius. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I gotta ask, what version of uh, Samus are you using today? Today's Samus is going to be the canon version of Samus, which means we're using video games as well as the first little bit of the manga series, which does tie in canonically. Now, the deeper down the hole of the manga series you go, the more not canon it's really considered because she starts getting into like earth busting feats and stuff, which really do not feel right for the character. So I'm sticking with the early manga and the video games for Samus. All right, cool. So I'm going to surprise everybody with this. The the most powerful version that we've ever seen of Vision is the one we've seen in the MCU where Vision has, I think it was the Mind Stone. And yeah, that is the, you know, where you can pick up Thor's hammer. That is the greatest possibly, some people are arguing the most powerful version of Vision. So that's why I'm using the Marvel 616 version yeah, of Vision instead. Uh, reasons to follow. By the way, saying the, the 616 Marvel version A vision is hard to say. Uh, Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mug, and merchandise like our judge Delvin Cox did with our mugs by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for the new shirts all the time. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. 
Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So, I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook, and thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step -step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our commands. Ray, please give us the details on Samus. Samus Aran is a lead protagonist of the Metroid series of video games. She first appeared in Metroid in 1986 and was created by Makoto Kano and designed by Hiroji Kiyotake. Samus is credited as being one of the first female protagonists in video game history. Born and raised on a mining colony, Samus was the sole survivor of a space pirate attack when she was very, very young. Taken in by an alien bird-like race known as the Chozo, she had her DNA infused with theirs, granting her superhuman strength, endurance, and durability. She would go on to work for the Galactic Federation before going off on her own as a bounty hunter. This has not stopped the Galactic Federation from calling on her for missions, however, as she is often tasked with eliminating the energy-draining Metroids for them. 
Fun fact, Metroid's visual style owes a lot to the Alien franchise of movies. In fact, the character of Samus herself was patterned after Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley in those films. But that wasn't enough for the makers of Metroid, as the dragon-esque leader of the Space Pirates, whose attacks led Samus to being an orphan in the first place, was named... Ripley! Ah! So the internal connections between the properties goes on and on and on and on, and that is Samus Aran. Well done. Okay, here are the details for Vision. So Vision first appeared in the Avengers, number 57, back in October of 1968, and Vision was created by Roy Thomas and Roy Buscema. So Vision, obviously, is a synthesoid, an artificial human being composed of the original Human Torch's body and Wonder Man's brain patterns. Originally intended as a weapon by Ultron to be used against the Avengers, Vision managed to fight Ultron's programming and attain free will. Inspired by the Avengers, Vision decided to aid them in their fight against evil and an ongoing mission to keep the world safe. Ever since that fateful day, Vision would prove to be an important member of the Avengers, serving with them for many years and often acting as the heart of the team. Vision is, is inextricably tied to many of their members. He is the son of one of their deadliest foes, Ultron. He's the grandson of one of their founding members, Hank Pym. He's the brother of Wonder Man, the ex-husband of the Scarlet Witch, and a great friend to many more. And here's an interesting fact about Vision. Did you know that my third grade teacher, Mrs. Finkelbaum, told me that my knowledge of obscure characters like Vision wouldn't lead to anything and said that my Passion for superheroes was a complete waste of time. Yeah, it's true. In third grade, I liked to collect old comics and was uh, reading Avengers issue from, I think it was the early 70s. And lo and behold, Mrs. Finkelbaum came up to me and started to make fun of my love of comics and superheroes. She said some not cool things and she got in the face of young James, who never forgot that she was mean and at the same time desperately needed breath mints as her breath reeked of old salmon and despair. Little did she know that young James would one day grow up to become a co-host of one of the greatest geek culture podcasts of all freaking time. Joke's on you, Mrs. Finkelbaum. Big facts. There you go. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Delvin, <laughs> do you have any questions before we get started? No questions at all. All right. I'm excited. Me too. I am so crazy excited for this fight. Ray, if you're ready for it, please proceed with your first point. Point number one for Samus. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about the natural abilities that she has, because as mentioned in the tale of the tape, she had her human DNA infused with Chozo bird-like DNA. Now, a normal human can't really survive too very well on an entire planet where the Chozo live, because they live in a very high-gravity environment, and the human body is just not made for sustaining that level of high gravity. However, with the infused DNA put inside of her, she essentially became a superhero in her own regard before even taking on any suits, weapons, or any of the above. So because she has this bird-like DNA infused in her, that grants her super strength, super speed, as well as a super level of durability naturally as a character. For example, she can fall with virtually no damage as a direct result of this bird DNA. So there's no way she's going to be knocked off of a high structure without being able to effortlessly glide and float her way down to the ground below as is seen in the Metroid games a whole bunch. In fact, she's able to attain supersonic speeds on high-gravity planets. Now, that's a big deal because Vision is not necessarily... He's not slow, but he's by far not one of the quickest superheroes, even in the Avengers, as it turns out. In fact, the Marvel database lists his... On a scale of 1 to 7, they list Vision's speed as a 3, 
which is good, but it's not great when you compare the fact that she can not only do supersonic speeds normally, she can do it on planets with a very, very high gravity. In fact, she moves so fast that when you see her in some of these cutscenes and some of these fight scenes, she's been known to just create a blur when she's sm- slamming between opponents, hitting them, blasting them, everything else that she wants to do with it. Not just that, but she's also been hit with Metroid DNA on top of the Chozo DNA, which came a little bit later in the series, allowing her to absorb energy from the Metroids. Now, that part of it I just think is cool. I don't think it's necessarily going to apply in this battle because I don't think that they're necessarily, even though I posited it in the intro, I don't think they're going to be fighting over a Metroid that she can drain the power from. I just love that she's an energy-draining kind of character because that's something that I learned as we were doing our research. So she's part human, part alien, which is an important distinction to bring up because a lot of people just think that she's just an alien. But this Chozo DNA also allows her to do things like lower herself into that morph ball that you can see that drolls all around the entire battlefield, allowing her to get in smaller places, uh, allowing her to, she uses it to drop bombs all over the place and drop them in a way that makes it a more deceptive uh, attack against some of her enemies. We'll get into the bombs a little bit later. Another thing she can do is essentially jump forever. She's not a flying character person say, but she jumps and does something called a screw attack. And that screw attack does damage to anything that it hits. So if Vision does decide he wants to get a little bit close, I know he can be a flyer, he can lower the density and all of the above. James, I'm sure you won't disappoint us in bringing up that feat. But she can jump in the air and do this spin screw attack and keep nailing him. And this is an attack that if she holds back on it and Vision tries to get up close, he can she can get off a quick stun because she moves very, very fast and can hit with an attack that Vision absolutely will not see coming. Because that's not an attack that's done by anybody I can think of in the market. Marvel Universe, so they turn their entire body essentially into a living weapon. The last things I want to talk about right here is, is she's got two other powers. Uh, one, using her visor of her suit. Uh, she can scan for an opponent's weakness, which is a huge thing to do. If she scans Vision, she's going to understand right out the gate that he's an android. He's not human in any way, which is going to take morals off, as the kids like to say, because she's not going to be worried about it. But she can also see if there's any weak points in, in his body that she can target with her various array of weapons and damage him. And the last thing is she has an echo visor in her helmet as well to do echolocation. And I know Vision, before you even can mention it, I'm going to punch you in the nose because Vision likes to try to go invisible from time to time. But Samus has got that echolocation. So invisibility is just plain not going to work because she's going to be able to find him that way. And that's my point number one. Okay, so so Samus has a lot of great... Like a lot of cool things about her, and I love the fact that she's got like natural abilities before we even get to like any of the quote unquote heavy artillery, right? Really cool character. So, a couple of questions. You said, you know, she's got super strength. How would you define her super strength? Is it Captain America? Is it Spider Man? Is it greater than that? Where does she fall in that in that area? It's it's tough to really say because she does rely on the weaponry a whole heck of a lot, but she does have some pretty impressive strength feats as well. I, definitely, I think Spider-Man's probably on the table. She's definitely not like incredible Hulk-level strength. I don't want to get crazy and ridiculous with it, but she is able to pick up and throw things. Like She's been able to pick up very heavy objects and throw them casually aside. Uh, this is a pretty normal thing for her, but her speed is really a lot faster than you would think given that her strength is good but not you know c- crazy over the top. Gotcha. Okay, so in terms, I really like the the screw attack and how you described her as a living weapon. So one of the characters that Vision has to take on a lot is Quicksilver. 
So he likes to use this this style of attack, this tactic of you, which is very similar to the flashes, maybe not as fast. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. It's the uh, infinite mass punch, where he runs at full speed and accelerates right the last second to like hit something way harder with a lot more mass to it. How does Samus's living weapon screw attack kind of thing work, you know, compared to what Quicksilver can do, which is very similar to like the flash? Did you, we are we are in the rebuttal of point number one, and you're already bringing up the infinite mass punch. What is I wrong sure am. with you? <laughs> uh, first off, I would think that it would be kind of rough because let's face it, she is a living attack, spinning, causing damage uh, as she goes. I would think you wouldn't want to hit that at high speeds. Quite frankly, I'm going to take that as a yes. They are similar. Got it. Okay. So uh, last question: You said you had a lot of fun learning about this character. Do you like to learn? No, I hate it. <laughs> I okay. wish I just knew everything right now, but for Ray to be right all the time takes a lot of work behind the scenes, James. That's tragic because learning, Ray, is a gift and you should enjoy it. Okay, let me get to my point number one. Hold on, before um, I get to your point number one, I have a question for Ray. Uh-oh. I want to ask you this. Yes. About her speed. Is this combat speed or is this just this speed is in terms speed. You know when I'm bringing it on the table, Delvin. You've heard the show before. I only do combat speed. I'm not worried about good, how good. fast she can run a 40, how fast she can run a mile. I'm talking about in fights where I'm pulling the speed from. She's a blur, and she's just zipping around the battlefield, disarming, shooting people, knocking them over before they even have a chance to react to her presence. Okay, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Good, good, good. Okay, you can continue now. Well, thank you, Your Honor. Let's go to point number one, and this will bring a lot to light about you know where the vision where Vision stands compared to Samus. So let's just go ahead and discuss the Vision's powers. So Vision is um, in Marvel Comics they call him a synthesoid, and he's an advanced android. He's built to replicate a human being down to the cellular level, and he's, he uses what are called Horton cells that are synthetic replicas of of human cells that instead use like plastic and carbon polymers. I mean, that's as far as I want to go into that kind of stuff. So he operates kind of like a human being, even though he's in superhuman form. And because of this, he's got a lot of powers and abilities and enhancements that are at his disposal. So first of all, let's talk about his computer brain. So obviously he can think way faster than a human being. He can you know, extract data from any type of database or anything that contains data very quickly. He can sort through the data, organize it, and then he can make decisions off of it super, super fast. He's used these abilities to disable the Avengers security systems. He did to gain direct control of the world's nuclear weapon systems. And he also does something really cool where he'll run through battle scenarios, thousands of them in less than a tenth of a second to come up with what he feels are like the top two or top three ways to kind of take on someone in this fight. As a result of this, by the way, he's obviously got superhuman intelligence. He, and again, his processing power is is, is sick. He'll, he'll have that game plan before he even starts. He's got holographic manipulation. This one's kind of cool. So you know he can change his form. You know, sometimes he has a cape, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he looks like a human being. Sometimes he doesn't. He can change his form to whatever he wants. He'll change it to kind of whatever he feels he's, is needed against this battle uh, with Samus. He's got audio sensitivity where he can detain, the, detect the faintest of sounds. It's not like echolocation, but he uses this to detect people who are normally, you know, soundless or not able to make a sound, and he can detect anyone around him. He's got superhuman reflexes and super speed. He's got superhuman stamina where he can maintain top power for his fight for weeks at a time. Weeks. He's got one of my favorites density manipulation. So I'm quoting the Marvel Wiki here. It says, by shunting a non-critical portion of his body's molecules, get enough of that. So he can turn into a phantom. 
right? He can turn into a phantom. He can pass through objects. He can have objects pass through him, both energy weapons and anything that's a projectile. Good luck hitting him in this form. But he can also change his density. This is really cool. So he can make himself so dense that he weighs 90 tons, and all of a sudden, he's invulnerable. Nothing is hurting him. Now, of course, when he does this, he's not as fast. He's not as uh, he's not moving in the same way. But if he ever wants to just crush someone or ta- tank an attack, he turns absolutely 100% super dense. Nothing's getting to him. No energy weapons, nothing. He's, he's invulnerable. He's got superhuman durability even when he doesn't use that power. Electrical attacks, energy attacks, physical damage, trauma, whatever. He tanks all of that. Of course, he can go intangible. Again, I already talked about that, where he can pass through objects like a phantom. He can fly. And also, this is where he can fly at super speeds over long distances. And this is one of my favorites. He's got energy beams that are solar powered. So that little thing he's got in his head, it's not the Mind Stone, it's an energy collector. And he stores it like a battery. So he can shoot out beams of high-powered energy. He can hit uh, 30,000 degrees Fahrenheit uh, very easily. And he can shoot beams through either the little, uh, the solar, thing on his head or through his eyes like heat vision. But my favorite for this one and I know Samus has something similar but Vision has these optical scanners. He can scan life forms, energy sources and even objects that detect that that he can detect that are like composed of like weird energies or what have you. So the moment he gets into this he's going to scan Samus. It's something he's known for and he's going to see not just what he's facing, not that it's a humanoid with you know denser tissues or what have you but also the energy systems and what's happening with the armor and how it's tied into her as a person. In the and look, he takes Vision's set of powers and abilities. It's probably going to be way too much for Samus to handle. That's my point number one. I could not disagree with you any more than I already do, but I'm going to find a way. A lot of things that you're kind of half talking about here, James, to be quite frank with you. Now, yes, he can turn himself into a phantom form, but when he's in that form, he can't hurt anybody. He can't do damage. Yes, and he, he uses it kind of sparingly. It's not like he spends 90% of the battles we see in comic books in this phantom form where he just kind of sits back and waits to strike. He keeps himself, for whatever reason, he keeps himself in his normal state a high percentage of the time during these battles, which is why we see him get hit by a lot of stuff. Yes, he will dodge the occasional shot with the phantom form or take it with the super dense form, But we've seen him get hit by a lot of different people from the Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk, you know, has been able to whoop on him pretty hard. He didn't take Phantom Form for that battle, so it stands to reason he might not take it a high percentage of the time in this battle as well. The other thing that you kind of left off the table is when he, he becomes super, super dense and he's decided to do the tank job. You say, oh, he doesn't quite move as fast. James, he's practically immobile when he weighs 90 tons because he still has kind of a normal body on top of it, even though it's that dense, so he doesn't have the ability to move himself particularly fast. That's why he is, quote-unquote, immovable when he wants to be. So if something like an airplane is flying at him, he can go super, super dense, and the airplane can crash into him, but he's going to stay in one place right there and not be flung halfway across the town. Why? because he's immovable. So if he's immovable, that means he's a pretty easy target to hit for somebody who's got a weakness detecting sensor in her helmet, isn't it? So here's the deal. In phantom form, he actually can hurt people. I'll get into more of that later. And secondly, in super dense form, again, it is true, he's not as mobile as he would if he wasn't as super dense. But you got to remember, these are in stages, right? If he goes ultimate density, if you will. He's 90 tons. He can still move, right? He's not like the blob. He can barely, barely move. Like me after eating a bag of Doritos. I would agree with that, except for the Doritos. Now, now with that being said, Delvin, you've heard points for point number one for both me and Ray. What are you thinking at this moment? 
So far, I feel like this is just a filling out process. I do have a question for you, James. This audio sensitivity that you talk about, is this something that can work both ways? In terms of if the other character has a weapon that specifically damages sound, can that affect vision more than it would affect a normal character? So excellent question. There's two ways I'm going to answer this. The first one is that so far he hasn't shown a susceptibility to like high pitched noises, like what Black Canary can do with her scream and what have you. But the other reason why is because he's also in control of all of his systems. So if he okay. ever is taking some type of damage from a high frequency noise, he can simply churn off whatever it is that is allowing himself to be hurt by that kind of attack. Okay, perfect. So far it's... Basically, it's just a filling out process. I want to see some blows thrown this second round. I want to hear how can Vision or Samus take out the other character. So, Love it. Love it. Continue. All right. Very cool. Okay, Ray, go ahead and answer with your point number two. Point number two, let's get into some of the armory and power suits of Samus, because you know this is where we're going to go. We open up with her wearing her standard zero suit, which is a very easily maneuverable, it's a, it's a light suit, doesn't provide a ton of armor, but it allows her to move very, very well. And she carries what's called a paralyzer as her standard sidearm with that. Now, the paralyzer, not in itself known as a particularly devastating weapon, but one thing it does check the name, paralyzes. It's been known to paralyze and freeze into place both organic and robotic enemies, vision. So if she gets to the point where she wants to paralyze him, hold him in place, freeze those systems for a short period of time to lay out a more devastating attack, the paralyzer is something that she's gonna have on her side 24 seven. But the meat of what makes Samus Samus is the power suit. Now the power suit in and of itself is great. It provides a certain level of protection for Samus. It allows her in its own form to use all these other abilities I referenced in point number one. But it's also very modifiable and she can use it to engage in the Chozo weaponry that she's found along the way. And it stands to reason she would have some of that for this battle today. Now, Samus's weaponry comes in basically three types. You've got the, the, the beams, you've got the missiles and you've got the bombs and the bombs she drops when she's in that morph ball form which is going to be very very hard for vision to detect because it's going to seemingly come out of nowhere because the idea is that all of these systems are sort of ingrained into her dna when she when she gets them and then they come out and they're kind of manufactured through the suit to externally attack people so she can lose the suit and then get it back again and still have all the weapons that she had originally. It's a cool thing that she does in all the video games. Now let's talk about the arm cannon because the standard shot is already pretty devastating. She can charge that shot like Mega Man can do and she can lay out much, much more powerful blasts with it and very targeted blasts. You know, Samus is a great marksman. She can hit things that she's meaning to hit, especially when she's moving at very, very fast levels of speed. But the, she can also uh, attach an elemental form to these beams as well. So the ones that really hit me is one, there's a plasma beam, which shoots very, very hot. And there's one thing I know about robots and machinery is they don't like to get really, really, really hot, especially the level of plasma, which could potentially burn a hole through him and hopefully hit something of worth and importance. Like, I don't know, that little rock on his forehead. That would probably be a pretty easy thing, a pretty normal thing for her to shoot something very, very powerful at. But she's also got something called the ice beam. And the ice beam will freeze enemies in place. Again, both organic and robotic. The ice beam has been known to literally freeze 
plasma in place. So I have to believe that it can, if it can freeze plasma in place, it can freeze a robot in place as well. The missiles, she can do all of this same stuff with the missiles. She has ice missiles that freeze in place that are also have a homing mechanism to them. So Vision's not going to be able to slowly duck out of the way at the slower rate of speed that he moves. In fact, all of these missiles, to a point, have a homing piece to them, whether she shoots them close and it just finds a target and hits it because it's nearby, or it's homing from the very start to hit whatever it needs to hit. And the same is true of the bombs. She can do a combo called the Sonic Boom, which I'm, I'm sad that the hearing thing might not hurt him as badly as I would have wanted it to because she has an attack called the Sonic Boom because she uses combos where she uses the beam, the missiles, and the bombs all together to formulate higher and higher exponentially more devastating attacks as she uses them in concert with each other and keeps using them on the weakest point possible of the enemy. So we've seen Vision take a loss when he's gotten hit in that rock at his forehead before. So if, if all of Samus's artillery is being homed in on that one spot to just barrage him over and over and over again, she's going to get over on him. And the last thing to mention here is she's got something called the Annihilator Beam. Because There's a lot of weapons to pick from, but the Annihilator Beam is made of both matter and antimatter. So if he tries to do the whole phasing out of place thing, one, she could use the wave beam and hit intangible foes. She's done it in the games with things that disappear and she can still hit them. But also the matter antimatter, if she's disrupting the very fragment of existence that vision is occupying in space, I don't care how intangible you think he is because he is still there. And that is how he is going to be defeated today. And that is my point number two. Okay, so now we're getting into it. This is really interesting. So a couple of questions. You were talking about the arm cannon, which is really impressive. How long does it take to charge or power up? I mean, in the games, I would say it takes a few seconds in order to do that. Got it. And you're saying she's like she she's very accurate with her attacks. So if she wanted to shoot like a heat type of a, like really powerful blast, heat based blast, she could even target the gem on Vision's forehead. Correct. That's I mean, that's absolutely what the visor scanner can do, along with homing missiles. Got it. So you're saying that she will shoot vision in his solar gem, something that collects solar power and heat type of energy based That's attacks fantastic. that charges him and can use. Okay, I'm just wondering yeah, what, what she's going to do with matter, antimatter devices, and ice beams, James. I don't think it collects that energy. Got it. Just wondering what she's got. Okay, this is cool. So this is where I really get into it because I love the strategy. So let me get to my point number two. I think you're going to like this one, Delvin. Uh, okay. You see, Vision's one of these characters, right, where, you know, all three of us are into geek culture. And, you know, NFL Super Bowl for Ray. I love obscure characters. That, for, you know, listen, before the MCU came along and Ultron, the Avengers Ultron movie came, came along, not a lot of people knew who Vision was. Even with the uh, Vision in the Marvel's Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated series, it wasn't like he was a well-known character, right? So one of the reasons I was really intrigued by this character from, you know, third grade when I got these old comic books I was reading was because – He's got some crazy wins, and he's got a couple of different ways where he gets these wins, and it's really, really impressive. Let's talk about the first type of way he gets the wins, where he outfights, outbrawls, and smashes his opponents. That's a big part of who Vision is. So in terms of the people he's beaten, literally beaten to get a victory, he's done this with Spider-Man, Thor, Silver Surfer, I believe Miss Marvel before she became Captain Marvel, Captain America, Silver Surfer, and one that's really cool is Quicksilver, because again, Quicksilver is known for running at those high rates of super speed and using himself as a weapon, launching himself at that person over and over again. Well, Vision easily has beaten Quicksilver quite a few times. But the really cool way that Vision beats people 
is through how he uses his phasing power or when he goes intangible and then he puts usually his hand, fist, whatever is a part of his body into the insidey places of his opponent and then goes one ounce tangible. Now, why one ounce? Because at one ounce, it's actually a quarter of an ounce, that is enough to disrupt the systems of androids, robots, people wearing really great kind of uh, high-tech armor or gods of the Marvel Universe, where all of a sudden their insidey places, internal organs, everything gets disrupted and they go down for the count. They get, at the very least, they get knocked out. He knows by using a quarter of an ounce of being solid with then that person's center mass is all he typically needs. So that's why against the heavier hitters, he likes to do it a lot more, go a lot more dense. Let's see. So who is he beaten with using this phasing power? So he beat the Jane Foster version of Thor, who is awesome. One of my favorite versions of Thor of all time. By the way, my favorite version of Thor, Thor. He beat Captain America, Namor the Submariner, and the Human Torch all at the same time, he used his tactics to get them all to line up side by side unknowingly, and then he just phased through all of them, being a quarter of an ounce dense, took all three of them out. Boom, 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 rapid fire. That's Captain America, the uh, Namor, who is extremely powerful, and the Human Torch. One, two, three, all down for the count. He's beaten Ant-Man that way. Captain Marvel, he's got to win over her. The Thing, Iron Man, uh, where he phased in through the armor, disrupted the armor, and disrupted Tony, of course. He's beaten Hyperion using this. Now, keep in mind, Hyperion, as we all know, is Marvel's true version of Superman. People say it's Sentinel. It's not. It's Hyperion. He's beaten, using this phasing power, Marvel's version of Superman. He's beaten the Silver Surfer like this, who the Silver Surfer's like, ah, this hurts a whole lot, a being made of cosmic energy. He beat Nova. He's even beaten the Scarlet Witch. But the most impressive victory, in my opinion, is the fact he was able to phase through Black Panther's vibranium suit and get through that easily and get into T'Challa's inner workings to take him out with this as well. Now, these were all one-shot victories, by the way. These weren't after a big, prolonged team battle where Vision caught these people by surprise after, like, you know, four people tried to weaken or soften them up. Oh, no, all of these were examples where Vision was facing off against these opponents one-on-one or was facing off against multiple opponents. So you got to ask yourself, Delvin, how would Samus do against Iron Man? Thor, Hyperion, Captain Marvel, or Black Panther? And the answer is not too well. That is my point number two. I mean, you're trying, James, and bless you. Bless you for that. Now, look, there's a lot of junk that he just said that I need to stomp on right now. One, Vision is known for working in a team. Now, how, I'm sure many of those battles, because James always likes to just leave out the fact that when he calls out all of these Marvel 616 victories over enemies, he leaves out the fact that 30 people were helping that character do that battle at the same time. Very rarely does James like to present solo feats. Now, what I will say to that is that Samus is a lone wolf. Samus is a lone warrior. Samus uses just herself and her suit to destroy entire bases and go through the thing. She doesn't need to become a member of the Avengers, join up with Ultron and his crew, then go to the West Coast Avengers, then go back to the Avengers again, and then team up with Scarlet Witch. All Vision knows his team ups. So when he's by himself, I feel that he's going to be at a strong disadvantage because he is always used to somebody else having his back. Not just that, you mentioned his Quicksilver fight. Look, when you're fighting a family member that is just going to be an absolutely different kind of battle and i can see a situation where quicksilver as much as he wanted to hurt vision 
wasn't necessarily going all out because, of course, you don't always punch your family members in effort to kill them. At least I hope that you do not. And the last thing you talk about, you know, some of these phasing moves. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. He's got to be able to catch up to somebody in order to do that. And I have an example in my point number three. I'm going to talk about that move completely not working against somebody. But I will say that Samus has a high level of willpower. One of the biggest things her suit is driven on is her high level of willpower. So if there was a character with the inner strength and alien DNA to withstand that attack for long enough to get off a shot at very close range i have to believe that samus is that character got it so like people like captain america and thor and captain marvel who's got like Cree dna uh was a captain in the air force and is known for being like having that fighting spirit your vision took out oh, by the way thanks for bringing that up ray vision also has wins over ultron both in the beatdown way and in the phasing way as well thanks i forgot about that but very important to bring up okay so delvin we're now at what's called the turning point this is where you bring in your judgment your your wisdom and you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory okay so far i think james is ahead by a slight bit and I will say this, it's not because of the Hyperion thing, because Hyperion, every episode, Hyperion seems to get mentioned, he gets beaten by everybody. So mm-hmm. I think the thing that um kind of got that half point over for me is the fact that Vision can phase through Black Panther's suit. So that kind of is very important. Because I look at Samus, very similar to Black Panther, and that's in that aspect where both of their suits are very high tech. So I, I have this question for you, Ray. Because you, you mentioned... um. Both the zero suit and the power suit. So I'm assuming both of these are at play here because mm-hmm. the, the zero suit is under the power suit. Correct. Correct. Will there be any other suits be, that she will be able to use, and will she be able to call other suits to the battle? Right. Potentially she could. I'm not intending to get into a lot of the other suits because a lot of them are niche and not necessarily standard to the character, whereas the power suit and the zero suit are the same in every single version of Metroid. I really, because I'm not like James Delvin, so I'm not just going to pick one version of the suit that was seen in one section of one game and pretend that she can just slap on that suit whenever the heck she wants to because I actually care about the rules of who would win. Ray, okay. uh, real important. Uh, don't forget to use your indoor voice. <laughs> this is my indoor voice. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. What I what I need to hear from Ray is how Vision has lost to more human type characters. Sure. Give me losses and ways that Vision can be defeated because these, while some of these are very impressive of characters that Vision has defeated, we've also seen the other side of that. And James, I feel like you. You're doing great so far. I feel like you can just touch on more ways of how Vision can take out Samus. Got straight it. Up where, until a point where it's not even a contest. Got it. Got it. I, I, I get where you're going. Okay. Okay. Now, Ray, I, we've been at this point before where usually we're tied, but even when someone has like a slight lead in the eyes of the judges, that really doesn't mean a whole lot Nothing. when either one of us is about to try to you know hit that grand slam, which I think you're about to try to do right now. So go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Samus, and I'm going to talk about specifically why Samus is the right character to defeat Vision. Now, first off, Waze Vision has been defeated. I mentioned before, She-Hulk. She-Hulk in a big old battle 
by herself whooped Vision, just being strong and powerful. So if this phasing attack seems to work, why the heck didn't Vision use it there? Why? Because he doesn't always think to use it. He does use it a reasonable amount of the time, but he's also been burned by it before. I'll get into that in just a sec. She-Hulk just beat him, just punched him to the point where he was done. Not just that, he's been corrupted before. He is an android at the end of the day, and he has had his software corrupted, which has caused him to behave erratically, flip sides, as well as, you know, completely shut down before. Now, Ultron has done it in the past and maybe a good shot with some of these electronic devices that the Chozo have created because they are masters of machines. The Chozo are and the masters of machines mixed with bio-organic stuff altogether. They've been able to put all this together. So maybe there's a chance you can corrupt it with some of the shots hitting very targeted areas. We don't know what that visor exactly is going to show her. One of the big examples of the phasing trick not working is with Thor the God of Thunder twice. And both times Vision was very sure of himself. Like, I'm just going to have to put you down, Thor. I'm not happy about this. He reached into him to phase him. And in both times, Thor just said, I, I don't think you understand what you're dealing with here because you've come this close to me in the time it's going to take you to, to make yourself go higher density in order to try to take me out. You've unfortunately brought yourself close enough that the power of my hammer is going to hit you so hard. You'll never get that opportunity in order to hit me. Don't ask me how it worked, but it not only worked once, Vision came back a second time and Thor did him again in virtually the exact same way by just moving faster than Vision could and hitting him with something so powerful that even though he was in the opaque version, he still took massive amounts of damage from it. This is important because Samus has a wave cannon and other weapons that can hurt him when he is in that form and she moves fast enough, just like Thor moves fast enough to hit him when he gets close enough because he has to be directly on top of her and literally touching her in order to make that attack work. So if he tries to make that attack work, one, she's going to see it coming. Two, she's going to have the right weapon in place because of the scanning for weakness. She's going to hit him with the ice beam, the wave beam, the annihilator beam, and then she's going to follow it up after he's been frozen or already kind of knocked a little silly with some of the bombs and some of the missiles that she's not going to miss with, and that is going to rip Vision asunder, the likes of which we've seen some of these other very strong and powerful characters do. Let's talk a little bit more about the enemies that she has defeated, because the most important villain that she's defeated, outside of Ripley, who is an Im impressive dragon-like character, but she's destroyed Mother Brain on a number of occasions, and what is Mother Brain other than a very smart, powerful, robotic opponent who, you know, it's not just like she's fighting Mother Brain, she walks up, shoots the thing, and then cracks open the glass and then shoots Mother Brain kills him. No, Mother Brain is in control of the entire base. Mother Brain has an entire fortress of defenses, lasers, robots, everything under your power that she is trying to kill Samus with and Samus defeats all of the above, gets down and then kills Mother Brain. And if you could outmaneuver Mother Brain, I would argue you have an excellent chance at outmaneuvering and outworking Vision, who's a very similar character in the intelligence level department. The last thing I've been holding back is the fact that Samus has a command ship that she can operate at a distance through her own suit and a command ship that's known to do bombing runs that's known to do to get in the way fly down at vision if it needs to if she needs to she can try to jump on the ship if she gets close enough and she can regenerate herself if it comes to that I don't think it will necessarily because I think if it starts getting a little bit rough and she's trying to keep vision at a certain mid-level distance shooting with the missiles shooting with the lasers shooting with the bombs rolling out of the way because she is so maneuverable jumping up using the a screw attack to jump to higher and higher platforms. And when it comes down to it, she could just go ahead and call that ship 
The ship's going to come and do a bombing run on Vision, and then she's going to go ahead, take him out after that, because if she could freeze him before the bombing run, he is done. All that together means Vision honestly has no chance to win this battle whatsoever because everything he can do, she has an answer for. And that's my point number three. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, that was that was actually interesting. You brought up the whole She-Hulk ripping Vision apart. That was some. That was the. I actually remember reading that comic where Vision perceived himself as a threat, and he was encouraging the Avengers to take him out. So he did not go into his denser form. They all attacked him, and then to finish him completely, She-Hulk started ripping him apart. She actually got savage because of the attack. You know, she thought was there, and during that, it was kind of weird to read. Vision was actually encouraging her to rip her apart. You know, yes, keep going. That's it. Almost. It was really, really weird. So it wasn't like a clear victory. Also, that sounds pretty clear to me. Yeah. When you're standing there in half, we were saying the Transformers movie when Megatron fought jazz, that was an unclear victory. He ripped him in half. That's true. Remember when Jazz just stood there and said, yes, please go ahead and do so. Make it you may as well have. Oh, yeah, right. I didn't remember that either. Okay, so also what's really cool is a couple of things. So Vision is super dense, but he's also made out of, depends on what you're on the era of Vision. But at one point he was made out of adamantium. I don't think he's made out of that now, but he's made out of some very dense materials. There's definitely some vibranium in his body, which is really going to help him with any type of energy-based attack. Let's see. I th- Also, Vision, I think I already mentioned, that has the ability to, to actually absorb energy and take that in and kind of drain it off opponents, use energy attacks as well. Just throwing that in there because this is a really impressive opponent he's taking on, someone with battle skills, someone who may have an idea of how to take on someone like Vision without having had that much experience with him. But you're going to see something with my point number three. Look, you know, Devin, you already said that Vision's kind of the lead after point number two. But here's why I reveal, in my opinion, the big three reasons why Vision is winning this matchup. Now, number one, I don't know if you guys know this, but Vision's actually a master combatant. It's not often talked about in the fights, but he's like a, a super, almost like trained like a super soldier. Why? Because he got a ton of training from Captain America. Now think about it. Vision's this android. He can remember everything. He can duplicate everyone's moves and modify them for his own body. That's another reason why he has these big wins over so many crazy opponents like Thor, Wonder Man, Quicksilver, Silver Surfers, because he actually knows how to fight really, really well. He was taught by arguably Marvel's greatest uh, warrior and fighter, Captain America. Now number two, See, Vision's also what's called a technopath. So a technopath is someone who has like a psychic ability to control electronic machinery or read electric signals, especially software. He's infiltrated and taken over Ultron, who's possibly the most advanced AI uh, in the Marvel Universe. He's taken over Iron Man's armor. He's taken control of the world's nuclear weapon systems, Avengers Tower. He's even taken over alien ships and alien technology when he's had no previous experience with it. That's how good of a technopath he is. Now, I get it. Uh, Samus's suit, there's a big organic component to it. But she's organic, but he's absolutely going to be able to infiltrate through his technopathy of whatever, however you say it, to take that over. But here's the big one. Okay, this is really big. So Vision right now, for the past, I think, six years or so, has had a body made out of nanites. This is not the old regular Vision from 1968 anymore. So after the events of it, it was a comic book run called the Ultron Imperative. There was an Ultron Imperative protocol that was put into Vision. So Vision's now able to disassemble into a stream of millions of nanites. And these nanites can fit in and travel into extremely small places, obviously. They're tiny, tiny, almost microbial. And each nanite carries a copy of his AI programming, which is really weird, which means each one can enact whatever he wants to do. Got his full knowledge and intelligence. Intelligence is kind of really 
spooky what he can do. So he can go into any type, literally infiltrate physically any system, you know, with the nanites and take it over from the inside. He can, you know, go inside, manipulate stuff physically as well. But he can also use that to enhance his technopathy or technopathy, whatever you pronounce that word, to kind of wirelessly take over stuff as well. Also, in a nanite body, if you damage him in any way, shape or form, he's nanites, he'll reconstruct himself very quickly. It's almost like he's got something very similar to bloodshot. So Delvin, we've used bloodshot before in this. His nanites actually help him with his healing. Right. He, he uses them all the time to tap in. He can actually pass his nanites into other people that then infiltrate their systems, hardware, software, whatever you want to go with. That's who Vision is now. Couple that with all of his powers. Couple that with the fact that he's a you know supercomputer walking around in humanoid form. Couple that with the fact that he's a great fighter. And all of a sudden, you're dealing with a very high-powered opponent who, again, is made out of freaking nanites. So what happens when you combine all this together, give him the mindset, give him to him the captain. Remember, he's also a very vicious fighter and also likes to tear into people. What's Samus going to do when you put all that together into one crazy Android package? That is my point number three. I'll tell you what Samus is going to do. She's going to win because that's what she does when she goes up against these highly powerful, erratically powered robotic enemies is she takes them to the cleaners time and time and time again. Now, there's a lot of stuff I got to talk about here. You talk about the Captain America training in the fight, and that's absolutely fantastic. If you look at the Marvel.com character guide for Vision, the one I quoted earlier, which on a scale of one to seven gave him a three for speed. Also gave him a three for fighting skills, which means he's slightly above average. So Captain America may have trained him, but obviously hasn't trained him that much because Vision doesn't rate any higher than a three according to Marvel themselves. And I'm going to take them as the ultimate guide on a character's fighting level for this. Another thing to talk about with Vision is his humanity. Vision has no problem, and especially you see it in the MCU, he's blowing up these robots right and left with that phasing trick that he's been doing. Now, why he didn't use his technopathy and just take over all of the Ultron robots, oh, maybe because it's not a thing that he can just do all the time at a whim versus very, very advanced systems. We have not seen him do that with something that is half mechanical and half bio-organic, which is what Samus's suit is. So I absolutely argue that one, with it being alien enough that he's not going to be able to take it over, two, we've seen him do it more as like a Wi-Fi hacking kind of a tool than taking entire systems away from people. It just, that's not exactly how his technopathy works. It's a very low level of technopathy that we have seen that doesn't always work against alien stuff. And we have not really seen it work against bioorganic stuff, but also his deep humanity. He does, he has no problem killing robots. He doesn't necessarily want to kill people. Why doesn't vision put his hand in people and blow them up like he could do? Why? Because he's trying very, very hard not to do that. So vision at the end of the day will pull his punches against a human character like Samus not wanting to kill them because of humanity, Samus will not do the same. Samus is a robot, scanned in and good, and Samus will absolutely flat out destroy them. So the last thing I just want to leave you here with is the fact that Vision has all these tricks that quite frankly are not going to work against a character like Samus, who I've pointed out here with these nanobots. That's pretty much great. I absolutely love it. He sounds like Jason X when he becomes Uber Jason, which is one of my favorite characters of all time. I appreciate that. But what happens when those nanobites get completely vaporized by a matter-antimatter Gatling gun that is the annihilator beam that happens after he's been frozen in place? The answer is, if you get rid of enough of those nanobots by literally wiping them off the face of the earth, he's not going to be able to recover quite the same way as he would otherwise. 
Okay, so first of all, he has actually killed people. He does have a side because you got to remember, he's like, it's almost like a use of force, right? Kind of thing with him where he's like, yeah, I don't want to destroy you right away if I don't have to. But if you come at me guns blazing, yeah, no problem. I will lose it. I will go there. And he's gone there very, very quickly, especially if it's someone who he thinks is doing something wrong in the first place. He'll shoot first and try to figure it out later. Delvin. Your Honor, it's now that time where you've got to make the ultimate decision. You've got to use your wisdom. You've got to figure this out. Take us on a jury journey. Who wins this matchup between Samus and Vision? Okay, I got to tell you. After James' point number three with the nanites and things, I was 100% on James 1. But Ray's kind of point number four with the humanity thing has kind of kind of paused me for a second because I'm thinking to myself one of the, one of the biggest things with Vision is it, it's all, he's, he's the heart of the Avengers. He doesn't like to kill humans, especially if the humans are good. And that's where I'm having a problem with this right now. I think I have a decision now because this is how I look at it. I think every, both sides made good points. But if I look at the facts of the matter... I have to give it to Vision, and I'll tell you oh, why. Come on, Delvin. What are you doing? I'll, the the I'll wisdom, the genius of Delvin. I'm sorry, Delvin. Go I'll, ahead. I'll tell you why exactly. When I look at the wins that Vision has had in terms of Thor, Black Panther, Cap, Silver Surfer, those matter. But more importantly, the Nanites. I don't see a way where realistically, even with the antimatter gun, Samus could take him out for two minutes or more. And that's what I'm kind of Vaporizing the nanites off the face of the earth to where they don't exist anymore. Delvin, did you not listen to my points when I was making them? But he, but he has to be able to, she has to be able to do it. And the problem I'm having with that is the fact that Vision phased through Black Panther's suit, that's a strong one for me. That is a strong one. Like in terms of Black Panther's suit, in terms of the Marvel Universe, I'll put that suit on par with Samus. That's fine. Black Panther is a fraction the speed of Samus. That's why he was able to catch up to it. I don't do think that, Now, that is not accurate whoa, at all. Whoa. Uh, Black Panther's not moving Ray, pump the brakes. Pump the Hyperbotic speed in high-gravity planets is how Black Panther moves in your Black world? Panthers well, you don't world. know anything about anything, Delvin. <laughs> I'm unsubscribed to the Patreon. This is outrageous. I, I can't talk to you anymore. Delvin, on... That is outrageous. Delvin, on behalf of uh, the Who and Hypersonic speeds on high-gravity planets is how you think Black Panther moves? Black Panther. Uh, no, moves. he moves better. No, he doesn't. He moves better, actually. So, uh, oh, that's Delvin, on, on behalf of the uh, oh, Who Would Win team, I'd just like to say that Ray Sicanus does not represent the views of uh, the Who Would Win show in any way, shape, or form. We uh, disown Ray Sicanus with his comments about Black Panther. Delvin, I got to tell you something. There's a few things when doing this research, right? When I started researching uh, Samus, I actually started getting a little concerned because Samus is this amazing character, super powerful, but also su- super versatile. And I'm doing the math, and I'm thinking, what can Vision do? Well, Samus has an answer. What can Vision do? And so the two things that I thought really brought this home, one of them you keyed into, and then the other one you got as well, was the fact that Black Panther's suit, she, he, he was able to kind of get to Black Panther, to T'Challa through the suit, through vibranium. Yeah. That's huge. I was like, I got to key in on that. The second one was the nanites. And the reason why is because his AI, his personalized intelligence, his being is in every one of the nanites, that means you'd have to kill or destroy all one million of them. So if even one was in Samus's system, 
that AI theoretically could still beat Samus. That was the issue. You caught on to both those points, Beardley. This is why on Twitter and everywhere else, I say that you are indeed the world's smartest man. Thank you. And also, I want to add to the fact that I didn't hear any normal human characters beat Vision. I heard like She-Hulk, Thor. These are extraordinary characters. Those are people I would expect to beat Vision. Samus, while she's strong, I don't think I'd put her on Thor's level in terms of strength-wise. You understand that she's not a normal human either, right? I mentioned in my point number one how she's fused with multiple types of alien DNA to create a super-powered individual, Delvin. But she's not Thor. Nobody's Thor. Thor. That's my point. She's not Thor. I don't even think she's She-Hulk. Levels of strong. Oh, she's absolutely that level. Yeah, whatever. So, I, Delvin, thank you for coming for the one time you will ever be on this show. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your, your existence on this earth. But it's just sorry that it didn't work out as a who would win judge. We'll see you next life. Delvin, I just got a text from the, uh, hold on, let me check my phone. I just got a text. I used my hand on my phone. I just got a text from the who would win production team. They've been listening in. You are welcome to come back anytime. James, we have you an endorsement. that to yourself. We have an endorsement deal waiting for you. You are going to be sponsored by who would win. We, like uh, yeah, we, we think everything we, we, we hoped about you was true. You knocked it out of the park. You asked great questions. You, again, you use your insight to really figure this out. There's a reason why you are the judge of judges. Thank you. I appreciate that. Delvin, we uh, actually have a we actually have a, a sponsorship deal with a magnifying glass company <laughs> in hopes you will find a clue. <laughs> Indoor voice, right? Indoor, Indoor voice, right? Indoor voice. We need to disgusting. Keep your thoughts inside. <laughs> speak slow. Okay. All right, Delvin, awesome job today. Seriously, my only thing I'm sorry for is that it took so long for us to get you onto the show. You were magnificent, knocked it out of the park. Everything we had hoped for, you absolutely were, except for what Ray was wanting. Other than that, it was absolutely what we wanted. So with that being said, please tell everyone where they can find you and your fantastic podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox and check out the Delvin Cox experience and the PlayStation experience anywhere you get podcasts. And if you see Ray in the street, give him a hug. So, so I know you're in Miami, but out here in L.A., I don't know if that's possible. Um, yeah, and, that's, and I'm actually talking pre-COVID as well. I don't think that was going to happen. I never leave the house. <laughs> no one wants Why? to. No one wants to touch Ray. Okay, Ray Stecanus, you brought it today. You had me scared. Oh, I know. You had me scared. You, you had me scared that I'd win so badly that you would cry a lot <laughs> and that I'd have to. No, seriously. Uh, Samus was a great character. You did a great job as usual. Your debating points were fantastic. By the way, you brought some great research for Vision. Your game is definitely improving, which actually does scare the hell out of me. So congratulations on that. With that being said, tell everyone where they can find you online. Well, before I do that, hold on, because I have to, okay, unsubscribe to the PlayStation experience, unsubscribe <laughs> to the Delvin Cox experience. Okay. No, sorry. I just had some, some paperwork I had to take care of before I, I, I continue on here. Yeah. Delvin, I appreciate you as a human being. I just wish you would listen when I talk sometimes, because everything you said I already talked about displayed in many ways. You know, as I broke down this battle before we started, I thought to myself, oh, this is great because literally everything Vision does has been countered in the comic books by things Samus can do. So as long as Delvin Cox listens to the words out of my mouth, I should have no problem. And then, and then you didn't. So, oh, well, better luck next life. We'll see you never, Delvin Cox. <laughs> and not we'll only did I listen, again. I took notes, an extreme amount of notes for both characters. Hmm. 
Looked very I was on the book. with those notes. I will just have to say, no, I appreciate you going home in your Vision branded Corvette tonight. I appreciate that James <laughs> bought that for you. It's the only way I can explain how that happened. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Listen to Knowing Us Half the Podcast. We got some guests coming up. You know what's interesting is that I, I definitely like getting the win. Don't get me wrong. But what makes this even better, Ray, is the fact I got paid $20 to win. Yes. That that was incredible. Like, I mean, Delvin, I'm going to send you a hundred bucks back. By the way, great return on your investment. Thank you. Appreciate Definitely that. Definitely worth every penny. Yeah, there it is. Uh, there you yeah, go. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. That hundred dollars is going straight into Bitcoin. Thank you. <laughs> and you're welcome. Well, here's the deal. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, but type in at James Gavsey. Remember, as always, to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on Earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.